You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, launched on the 26th of April, 2020. Daleks are on their way here. Now. Gentlemen, you're not thinking of attacking them, are you? All units now in position. Enemy patrol sighted. Charges set. You are thinking of attacking them, aren't you? But that's madness. You won't stand a chance. Get down, both of you. This is Chidak to all units. Detonate charges on my command. Okay, so you know something about fighting Daleks. Chidak, tell me your plan, and I'll tell you whether or not you'll still be alive tomorrow. Four, three, two, one. And a big welcome to you, whether you be a regular Big Finish listener or someone dipping your auditory toe into the Big Finish waters of drama for the first time. I don't know why I was on when I wrote that. Every Sunday, we release a podcast just for you, Jam packed not packed with jam with all the latest about what we do at big finish productions and what do we do well we oh. make loads of audio drama and yes. audio books for you yes there is of course doctor who but there's so much more torchwood blake seven the prisoner space 1999 oh. time slip that's a new yeah. one dracula oh. is all there at bigfinish.com and on our free listening app yes. you can also read all about it in our free downloadable magazine vortex you see another freebie there oh yeah and uh, by the way i'm not free but i am benji clifford i'm free i'm free and i'm nick briggs oh vortex i just proofread the, the latest vortex it's very good anyway uh, here's what's coming up in this particularly packed podcast in a few moments we'll be giving you the results and winners of the brand new big finish twitter competition involving this podcast that we ran last week remember the prize was a free big finish download of your choice i know and we'll be setting a new competition in the same style uh, of a musical no uh, stay tuned for that right after this introduction and after that belter of an announcement oh, we will be taking a look at our latest reviews talking about dorian gray isolation and doctor who short trips decline of the ancient mariner and then our featured release this week takes us back in time to the fourth doctor and romana Encountering the Daleks on the snowy wastes of a war-torn planet, we'll be going behind the scenes with Tom Baker and the cast. Following that, we'll be straight into your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Then we'll be going behind the scenes with this week's exciting Doctor Who spin-off release, Class Volume 3. And we'll be teasing you with our trailer for the upcoming Doctor Who short trips release, Dead Woman Walking performed by Sophie Aldred. Who's perfectly fine. And of course, we'll be offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And finally, we'll be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Doctor Who, The Dalek Contract, as part of our featured release celebration of Tom Baker and the Daleks. <gasps> ah, the Daleks, yes. the Daleks. The Daleks, yes, yes. I don't know why I, don't know why I said yes. It doesn't y- say yes, yes. Yes, Tom Baker. Yes, Queen, yes. So first up, let's announce the winners of last week's Big Finish Twitter competition concerning this podcast. Last week, we didn't include the now world-famous Big Finish competition music. I know a lot of people must have just been devastated. So here it is. (laughs) That's better. Now, Big Finish writer Joe Lidstub will be happy. 
All you had to do was listen to last week's podcast, spot the deliberate factual mistake, and then tweet the at Big Finner, Big Finner. Big Finner, that's the blunder. <laughs> yes, hey, no, that wasn't the mistake. Uh, at Big Finish Twitter account with the hashtag, hashtag pod blunder, P-O-D-B-L-U-N-D-E-R. The blunder was that I said time slip was originally broadcast in 1975, and I should have said 1970. There we go, you yeah. see, there we go. Nice, Mr. Mannering, nice, yes. No, no, Mr. Mannering, nice, <laughs> nice that one, yeah, nice, and, nice and obscure. Hey, it's, it's yes, sir. <laughs> Oh, Jonesy, sir. Uh, the competition closed at midnight UK time on Friday the 24th of oh. April. Of all the right answers tweeted, we've made a random electronic draw and selected five people who will win a free download of their choice. Oh. And those five people are Scott Shaky Valentine, Louis Murphy, Peter Wood, Matt Stewart and David Pearce. Congratulations! And if you get in touch with us either on uh, Twitter or at podcast at bigfinish.com, we'll give you a free download of your choice. We'll just pop it into the Big Finish account at uh, bigfinish.com so you'll have it there for whenever you need it. Just pop it in. And now, the news that we are running the competition again this week. And all you have to do is listen to this podcast, spot the deliberate mistake, and then tweet to Big Finish uh, Twitter account with the hashtag uh, block. <laughs> That's not the blunder. Blunder, Hashtag blunder. Pod blunder. Which we yeah. can't actually say. <laughs> Which we can't say. Yeah, it seems to throw us all off, doesn't it? Can't um, say plob blunder. Plob, plob plumber. Um, the competition <laughs> is now open as of this moment and will close uh, at midnight UK time on Friday, the 1st of May 2020. Of all the right answers tweeted, we'll make a random electronic draw and select five people who will win a free download of their choice. I think it's pretty clear. You get the, mm, you get the yeah. idea now. Yeah. So remember, carry on listening and see if you can spot the deliberate blunder in this week's podcast. We've told you everything you need to know, but if you want to refresh yourselves on the details, you can read about all about the competition and those rearranged those words to make sense. And its terms and conditions at bgfn.sh forward slash pod blunder phew i said it correctly or look at our twitter account at big finish where the competition is also being announced good luck oh it's me (laughs) no idea what's going on uh yes what right now then on with the latest reviews and this week, as we mentioned, we're talking about the confessions of Dorian Gray, isolation, and Doctor Who short trips, the decline of the ancient mariner. Um, let's start with isolation. If you don't know who this is, hang up now. If you do, why not leave a message? Hello. Yes, it's me. Why am I saying it's me? You know it's me. I'm you. Oh, you are going to hate yourself when you hear this back. That's if you even get this far. Why are you calling me, Dorian? Hmm, good question, Dorian. Truth is, I'm bored on my own on a train. The 2117 from Paddington and... Well... I think I'm being watched. That's why I'm calling, I suppose. No one else I can really discuss this with, is there? Just go to bigfinish.com and type isolation into the search pane at the top. You know, the little magnifying glass thing. And you'll find the Confessions of Dorian Gray. Isolation. Simple as that. First up, 
Michael Golin, Golinimskwit. How would you pronounce that name, Benji? Uh, Michael Golinuski. 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 Dot com. Isolation is hauntingly magnificent as a short but sweet audio that proves to be one of the most relevant and unnerving to be released this year. It's a much-needed listen in the midst of all the real-life drama with a fantastic main performance leading the way through the darkness into an eventual light. Cultbox.co.uk says Dorian Gray Isolation is a grim listen with the usual measure of profanity and horror, but that's not to say it's unsuited to the current situation. The message is simple. Stay indoors, stay safe. Despite lockdown, the quality is there. Robert Harvey's music and sound design are good, and there's even a cover designed by writer slash producer Scott Handcock himself. That's right, and that is one, two, three, four, five stars. Lovely. I particularly like that cover, actually. I thought Scott did a marvellous job there. Beautiful. He should do more of those, shouldn't he? Mm. Um, multi-talented, you see, multi-talented. I love that phrase, the usual measure of profanity and horror. We should uh, put that at the beginning of the podcast. Welcome to the Big Finish podcast <laughs> with the usual measure of profanity and horror. And it just does, everyone just that sums us up, doesn't it, really? <laughs> usual. Something about the word usual and profanity together. Just, yeah, it's a beautiful... <laughs> Shut up, Nick. OK, on Twitter, Ploppy Le Chien just revolting uh, says confessions of dorian gray isolation at scott hancock's riveting piece of drama set in the london of march 2020 um alex vlahos's performance is spellbinding wonderful sound design and music by robert harvey very talented fellow great guy uh, thank you at big finish at Osgood on wheels says Big Finish, Scott Hancock, uh, Alex Vlahos, um, Robert T. Harvey. Just listened to Isolation at 1am. Not my best insomniac idea. <laughs> Fantastic episode. The tension, the laughter. I definitely agree with you all on the social distancing and the idiots with big luggage. Ha. Huh. Um, and the setting. It's brilliant. Fantastic. And just big thanks to Scott and Alex and Robert for just getting that together brilliant superb bunch superb just bunch. they just straight away uh, off their own bat did it and we just said yeah brilliant thank you uh, next up Doctor Who short trips decline of the ancient mariner from Big Finish Productions Doctor Who short trips decline of the ancient mariner I think she said that Mr Ross has other concerns of course the doctor became serious. A trouble with your space probe. Sarah squared her shoulders, her journalist instinct already converting her surroundings into words. She turned slowly. Doctor, she hesitated. I feel like there's something terrible behind me. I, I can't describe it. The doctor shuddered. If we're caught, we may never get out of there. Sarah clung to the console as the TARDIS was sucked into the tunnel of light. Big finish. We love stories. Ancient Mariner. Well, just type Ancient Mariner into the search pane. Okay, little, yes. Uh, little thing, you know, this sort of little raffia base. Um, you put that in the search pane at bigfinish.com and you'll find this little gem. Now, first up, 
The consultingdetectivesblog.com, I love that, I, I, I just, what a name. Um, Decline of the Ancient Mariner is an intoxicatingly clever story that keeps a riveting pace throughout and sucks you back into the world of the Third Doctor. Definitely it should quite. serve as a blueprint for aspiring writers for how to write an engrossing Doctor Who story that not only captures the era it represents, but also allows the listener to feel like they're sitting down to enjoy a truly original piece of work. BlogToWho.com says Decline of the Ancient Mariner is an entertaining deviation from the real world. It takes the listener back to a time when John Pertwee was the Doctor and Elizabeth Sladen was his companion. At a time when some escapism of the modern world is required, this short trip proves to be the perfect tonic. SciFiBulletin.com says this is a short, tight story that tries far more than it should and succeeds far more than you might expect. Oh. It's by far the oddest Doctor Who story I've heard in a while, and it's absolutely worth your time. Eight out of ten. That's a very peculiar review, isn't it? Interesting. Uh, on the Twitter sphere at Tomhausen1218, one of our favourites says, Decline of the Ancient Maria, 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 someone who habitually marries people, from <laughs> At Big Finish. And he's really by old. Ro by Rob Nisbet, is a fun piece of escapism set in the Third Doctor and Sarah Jane era. At Mark Reynolds is a superb narrator capturing all the characters brilliantly. Carl Will 4601337. Sounds Catch like a. Some kind of robot, doesn't it? Four two six zero oh, one one three seven. Carl will enter the decline of <laughs> enter the decline of the ancient mariner by Rob Nisbet from atbigfinish.com. Is this month's short trip and a very lovely one it is too, featuring the third Doctor Sarah Jane and of course Marilyn Monroe in space. If that isn't worth two ninety nine of anyone's money, then I don't know what is. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. 42601337. That is all for the reviews this week. More next time when we take a look at Torchwood Tropical Beach Sounds and other relaxing ski skiscapes. Skiscapes. Volume 4, starring, of course, Sir Michael Palin. The world famous skiing. So, do you call it a world famous skier? Skier, yes. Yeah, I suppose yes. you would be a world famous skier. Skier. Yeah, sounds like you're saying scared in a sort of Bronx act, you know. Yeah, uh, you're scared. <laughs> Coming up soon, we'll be going behind the scenes with Class Volume 3 and we'll be diving into listeners' emails. But first, our feature releases segment takes a nostalgic turn as we go back to 2014 for the fourth Doctor adventure, The Dalek Contract. <laughs> Of course, this was a two-part release, partnered with the season finale, The Final Phase, starred Tom Baker as the Doctor and Mary Tam as Romana. It was actually recorded in February 2012, and the weather was particularly snowy, which is quite a coincidence. Uh, there's a photograph, actually, at Audio Sorcery Studios of the recording of this, and there's... There's snow everywhere, and it's set on a snowy planet, and it just happened to be... We nearly couldn't do the recording because it was so snowy. We couldn't get to the studios. Well, we nearly couldn't, but we did. And then we did this crazy thing. Benji, have you ever been to Audio Sorcery? I've not been to Audio Sorceries, actually. No, no, I've not. <clears throat> well, what we did was um, I brought a toy Dalek with me, and uh, one of those... I, I was looking around to find it. It's not here. Um, and we put... 
we got a plate, a white plate, and we put some snow on it and we took a photograph of the cast and we held the plate in the mid distance by the cast. And because there's so much snow around, oh, it looks like there's a big Dalek there. It only looks about half the size of a normal Dalek, whereas in fact it was only about eight inches tall. But um, uh, but it, it's really weird. It looks big because you can't see the join between the snow on the plate and the snow on the ground. And they've got it on their wall then? Yeah, they've got it oh, on their wall. Oh, brilliant. Then. So everyone who looks at it thinks that it's it's a big Dalek toy. And I say, how? And I always say, how big do you think that is? And they go, well, I don't know, about I don't know, three foot or something like that. I said, no. This big, and I go, what? What? <laughs> it's, oh, I love in camera trickery. I just want to mention, of course, it was Mary Tam's last story. Oh, lovely uh, Mary. Yeah. So it's very moving for us. Uh, the other thing, have you ever heard it, by the way? I have, yes, I remember it. Back Alistair Locke's music. I said to him, I said, just imagine that Dudley Simpson decided to do the music for this <laughs> just like Genesis of the Daleks. I want it in that style, and he just perfectly mimics it. It just sounds like the music from Genesis of the Daleks. Well, that well, well Alistair Locke anyway is just, you know, is, is a class act anyway, and the detail that goes into to Alistair's work is, is superb. And the, de- and the detail of his editing uh, on... I mean, for example, he, he had developed a certain plug-in that makes people sound a little bit younger. So Tom... Excuse me, my chair's creaking outrageously. It's not my bones, honestly. Um, Tom, you know, uh, obviously... Uh, has always sounded a bit older than he did back in the day and, and now even older sadly but um back then uh, he, he still applied this thing so tom sounds the most sprightly he sounds like he's 40 years old basically it's quite <laughs> incredible um it sort of reduces breath and things like that you know because wow. you, you can always tell when an actor's older because they quite you quite often hear the sort of <gasps> just before they speak you know where they just grab a, a bit of breath and, and their breathing it sounds less clear than it does when they're young probably going into too much detail there but anyway it's really beautifully done by by Alistair right so after that little uh, few little nuggets let's actually have a listen at what went on behind the scenes <laughs> Hi, I'm Mary Tam and I'm playing Romana. Tom Baker here. <laughs> yes. Our recommendation is that he must be found and exterminated! Well, yes, it's been very exciting to finally meet the Daleks, as it were, because, of course, as a child, you know, when you start watching Doctor Who, that was the big, big thing, and everybody was terrified of them. And in the new series, they're even more terrifying. So there is something quite scary about them and the way they're portrayed particularly in these stories are you know it's very well done it's quite quite interesting but it's also very threatening and uh, yeah I was thrilled I was thrilled to actually finally work with the Daleks because they're iconic aren't they I mean you everybody wants to work with a Dalek if you do not obey immediately your female time lord companion and your robotic device designation Well, yes, they are scary, don't they? Because, of course, they, in a way, maybe more scary still. Because now they they they're kind of technology gone mad, aren't they? They're a technology, you know, with fantastic power and everything like that, but absolutely no sense of morality. Uh, so <clears throat> you're always justified in uh, in killing them or blowing them up or whatever it was. 
We are aware of the doctor's reputation. He has committed many acts of terrorism against the Daleks and their allies before. Terrorism? That's ridiculous. What's it like when Nick is in the next booth doing the voice? <gasps> Oh, quite scary because the voice distortion thing, it's very loud in your earphones and you, you can really feel as though they're right behind you. So it's a very good thing to react to, you know, when you're playing the scene. It's quite, it's quite strong. Signal interference overcome. Locate freedom fighters and exterminate. Daleks approaching. This way, Master. Run. I was extremely happy. Hello, I'm Nicholas Briggs. I'm the executive producer of Big Finish and the writer and director of The Dalek Contract. You really think the Daleks are working for you? What's that supposed to mean? Of course I do. We have a contract. It's an excellent working relationship. And you really believe that? When I uh, first started thinking of this storyline, it was when uh, the lovely Elizabeth Sladen was still alive and we were talking about her doing one. So when I first started putting together the ideas for the story, the basic plot line of what the Daleks were doing. I had it in mind that it would be a Sarah Jane story. But sadly, by the time I came round to uh, writing the script, or actually finalising the storyline, uh, uh, Liz had sadly died. And, um, and you know, I had reallocated it as a story for Romana. So the whole construction of the story changed a lot. Daleks? The Daleks? I've heard of them. What do you mean? You didn't know they were here? No. I used to not believe in this sort of stuff that the characters of uh, companions fundamentally changed the way stories were told. But I've, I've had a, a sharp learning curve in this. Like, you know, Leela is, is a very different kind of companion who propels the story in a different way. And so does Romana. You know, um, by necessity, she ends up doing different things because she's a different person and she, uh, the situations unfold in a different way um, because she's more technically adept. She's more likely to be... Uh, adding to what the Doctor's dis discovering rather than asking him what it is he's discovering. And she's more likely to get into um, more confrontational situations because she's more intellectually piercing in her comments. Um, but she's also more able perhaps to talk herself out of a situation because she's more intellectually clever. You're wasting your time. The Doctor will never agree to your terms. Oh, you better hope that he does, my dear. Hello, I'm David Warner. I'm playing Cuthbert in this particular programme. David Warner was fantastic as Cuthbert. I mean, he was brilliant the first time we did Cuthbert, but I think that he'd really... He said to me he loves Cuthbert and he was so glad that Cuthbert was back. And, and I think he's thought about the character a bit. And I think that he was... No, he, there was a finding out process in the first, in Sounds of Life and um, War Against the Lan, and I think that he's found out now exactly what Cuthbert's about, and he was really very at home in the character, and it was lovely to work with him. Your leaders turned down our repeated offers of help, and instead, you persist with these irritating missile attacks on us. Now, I was prepared to turn a blind eye to these mere pinpricks, but over time, the level of attacks have become an intolerable drain on our time and resources. And so, I was forced to employ the services of my good friends, the Daleks. Any poor choice of friends. The Jeez. word villain I always uh, sort of run away from. So, uh, yes, he, he's, a, he's a recurring figure. Uh, I think it's, there's a, there is a humorous side to him. I mean, when people say the villain, then they say, oh, well, David Warner will get him in, play the villain. Always like to try and have a little bit of uh, something different to that. So I would say he's um, 
bit of comedy in there as well, I hope, as well as being just the, you know, the reverse side of our heroes. Oh, come on, come on. Ah, at last. Come in. Oh, Mr. Dorick is you. Yes, hello, I'm Toby Haydock and I play Mr. Dorick. Sir, I... I was hoping it was going to be someone from the kitchens with the brown sauce for those wretched chips. How many times have I told them, no chips without brown sauce? Well, that's... I mean, that's Doctor Who. The villain with brown sauce on their chips is Doctor Who has always been... You know, that's what the police box is. The police box is the, the everyday very British thing, landing slap-bang amongst outer space. You know, Star Trek and all those never did it to me because it was gleaming thing against gleaming thing or whatever. I, I've always loved the fact that Doctor Who drinks tea and has, yes, the TARDIS is what it is. And yes, the idea of, you know, yeah, brown sauce and chips uh, in, uh, in, in one thing and then, you know, the Dalek shouting exterminated another. Um, it's it's that kind of clash of of the everyday and the fantastical that I think is Doctor Who, whose charm. Charm is a word that is used with Doctor Who an awful lot, but it's it's it is done so for a reason. Everything is ready for the final phase, sir. But oh, good. Then I'll uh, let the chip issue go just this once. I used to make lists of my top five favourite actors when I was at college, and it went. David Warner, because you know, I was in a, I was in a, when I was that age, I was sort of used to, sort of, Doctor Who was something, I, you know, all my favourite Doctor Who actors, they were just my private passion. So secretly at home, I'd be going, I love Bernard Kay and David Collings. But, um, uh, you know, to, to, to thespy mates, it was like, you know, David Warner, Ian Holm, Brian Cox, Michael Gambon, you know, they were the, and David Warner was always top of the list because he has that wonderful, glassy eyed, and it's see a film called Cross of Iron, where he plays this, sort of a drunk, cynical captain who's you know, empty of life. And it's a brilliant, brilliant, fragile performance. Uh, and I've always loved David Warner's um, uh, sort of low-key brilliance that just has so much about it. And uh, here I am acting in a thing. I'm, I'm whispering as I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm acting with one of my favourite actors ever, and he's really nice. Have the kitchen staff warned that if this happens one more time... Uh, everything is ready, um, sir, but... Uh, but... Oh, Mr Dalek, you have that twitch again. When I got the offer saying, you know, you, were, you know, David Warner is the villain, I imagined some grand galactic emperor with big gloves. Not a, not a sort of... Uh, uh, you know, um, industrial northern self-made man, and he's great at it, and it's very nice to hear him doing something else. And again, you sort of almost forget, you forget it's David Warner, um, and he's he's just so nice because you also expect him to be a bit sort of touchy and testy and um, like all the parts he plays, sort of you know troubled and angsty. And he's just a really nice bloke, um, and every story that he tells you. He sort of asks you one back because he's he's one of those very giving people. He's a very nice man. It's brilliant. This is a dream come true. It's lovely. I like you, Mr. Doric. You do know that, don't you? Otherwise, I wouldn't have kept you with me all these years. We've been through a lot together, haven't we? It's always good. You know, he's one of the foils for the hero. And we know who the hero is. I don't even <laughs> have to mention the name. Uh, uh, and that's it. And um, as I say, just there to bounce off and have fun and ideas. I mean, you know, the ideas of, of whatever the episode's about. It is fascinating so far. Something in orbit. Let me see. I don't normally come this close. It's a strange reading, though. 
My name is John Leeson. How about that? Will that do? And you're not just K-9 in this one, are you? No, 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 I'm someone called Tolivan. Looks like... Oh, I'm not sure what it looks like, but it's much smaller than usual. Tolivan is a, is a Proximan freedom fighter or something like that. Uh, but you know all about Proximan freedom fighters. They, they, they get jobs doing voiceovers. It's lovely. What's going on? It's kind of half there and half not there. What the hell are they up to now? When we contacted you and said, would you like to play another character as well, do you, do you like sort of... Well, I have to tell people that I don't just do K-9, for heaven's sake. Uh, this is one of the problems about having played K-9, that people assume that that's the only thing you do. Um, no, I'm, I'm a, uh, how should we say, um, a, a fully-fledged, paid-up member of equity, and I'll do just about anything and everything. Uh, within reason, of course, heavens above. But, uh, yes, no, I'm, I'm a general... Uh, Common or garden actor. Now you did that on the TV series, didn't you? You played. Oh uh, yes, in well, in, in Doctor Who, uh, in the original classic Doctor Who, as they used to call it, I played a character called Dugin in the story The Power of Kroll. And fortunately, I was able to uh, address my fellow actors eye to eye rather than from knee to knee, as I would have done as K9. That must have been a real change, having done well, it, it, the... it. It was nice to get back to doing standing-up acting again, <laughs> you know. <laughs> My background's in the theatre, you know, and I don't come into the theatre on stage on all fours. So, uh, yes, no, it was good stuff. Affirmative. Hello. I'm the Doctor. Are you now? Yes, and this is my friend. Yes, I know who this is. My name's Jane Slavin, and I'm playing Halka. My name is Dominic Maffam, and I play Chidak. I wondered how long it would be until you crawled out from beneath your rock. Ah, so you two know each other. Well, isn't that nice? Any chance of a hot drink and uh, a friendly chat? That explains why you're Chidak's friend. You're some kind of simpleton. You've done quite a few of these now, haven't you? You've become you're probably our most recurring actor. That's really nice to know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to find other voices I can do so that I can keep coming back. If you're currently his friend, I'd seriously advise you to rethink. Halka, it was quite interesting the other day because Tom said to me in the middle of recording, go on. <laughs> no, 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 I was going to say, is Halka a man? <gasps> <laughs> oh, right. Because I, I'd, I'd seen her as a kind of, you know, really forthright, no-nonsense, kind of terrier of a woman who's had to battle her way through everything and has, has got no compassion at all. And in doing so, I'd obviously turn myself into a guy. Um, so I, I woke up this morning thinking, oh, maybe I should soften her up a bit. Um Maybe she does sound a bit like a boy. So, yeah, she's kind of no-nonsense. Um, she, she's... She, what did it, Tom? What was it Tom said? Is there something you're not telling us? Halka, are you, in fact, a man? <laughs> it's a charming blow for your self-esteem. I know! It? <laughs> I mean, if it anybody else, but I thought, <laughs> no, he's actually got a point because my voice is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So, yeah, Halka... What possible objection could you have to that? And you were saying that uh, Tom was your doctor back he, in the day. He was my doctor. Well, I'm in my my forties, and uh, so so when I was a kid, he was he was the one. And uh, it's just it's actually really. I mean, I'm not 
you know, it's, I haven't really followed the kind of new generation of Doctor Who, really. So, so my, my Doctor Who is very much firmly rooted in my childhood. I haven't really sort of touched base with it as, as an adult. So, and then suddenly to find myself completely in, in the middle, I mean, actually sitting at a standing rather in a, in a booth with headphones on, firing a, a, a gun at a Dalek, uh, who sounds absolutely like like a Dalek sounds because it is an actual Dalek, and uh, and and with Tom Baker there, sort of coming through these these earphones, sitting next to me, and um, it's just absolutely sort of surreal, and um, it's been fantastic, and the the story is lovely and complex, and uh, and uh, and rich, and um, and he's got that fantastic sort of humour and. Um, you know, it's, it's, you're not quite sure what his take on on anything is, and the stakes seem incredibly high, and yet the Doctor comes through and and, uh, and doesn't seem that bothered about. It. But obviously, the character that I'm playing cares enormously about it because the uh, his uh, his entire civilization and planet is, is at stake. But um, oh, it's great! It's great stuff, you know, and really, really enjoyable. When we finally discover what the Daleks are really up to, their scheme will inevitably be something so diabolical and so gargantuan that it's bound to be vulnerable in some small way. And you can just type Dalek Contract into the search pane at bigfinish.com. I don't know whether you know what a search pane is. It's that little thing at the top with a magnifying glass. Mm. And then you'll find find this rather... He said, getting old. I think I need a plug-in to make me sound younger. <laughs> uh, to find this rather lovely Fourth Doctor adventure. But all things being equal, which is a completely meaningless phrase, it's time now for listeners' emails. Very good, very good. Well, if you heard that, then you heard the right thing. This is our email hour. It's uh, not an hour long, but... uh, You know, oh my five hours of emails. And if you want to contact us, it's so easy. All you have to do is send your uh, email to podcast at bigfinish.com. So easy, so simple, so sleek, so sophisticated. Podcast at bigfinish.com. First up, then, this one is from Elizabeth Fenson. Yeah. I tried to listen to the audio ver- uh, audiobook version of The Rise of Skywalker yesterday. Uh, Star Wars, of course, uh, and had to stop after 30 minutes because it was a sensory overload. Overload! S- Star Wars music and loud sound effects and an overacting third-person uh, narrator continually going on all at once. It was too busy and crowded to enjoy. I could only think how much better uh, it would have been if Big Finish had done it. Oh. Your music oh. and effects always enhance your stories rather than compete with the dialogue. Thanks for all you do, Elizabeth, North Carolina, USA. Ah, I love that comment. Thank you very much. That's very nice of you, Elizabeth. I mean, I don't know about you, Benji. I'm always giving the note to people. I'm saying, listen, um, what you've done with the sound effects here, it's not drowning out the dialogue. I can hear the dialogue perfectly fine. But what I'm doing is listening to the sound effect and not the dialogue because you've made the sound effect as dominant as the dialogue and you just need to pull it back just a t- just a tiny bit i always say it's just a tiny thing um but you know i don't i'm not one of those people who wants the virtually no effects and just voice but i do 
give give us a chance to focus it's difficult it's like i'm talking to you now but i'm waving my hand around and you're probably starting not to listen to me benji because i'm <laughs> waving my hand around you you know and it's like that don't make the sound effects like a wavy hand dialogue first for me you know i think clarity after all we, you know we're, we're telling a story and unless the sound effects in my opinion specifically uh is involved in telling part of that story then you can you can afford to to put it you know in the background a little bit if for example i mean i only say this because of something i'm working on at the moment <laughs> if if a character for example is is being choked or something um and there's dialogue going on in there then you can afford to actually you know have the struggle the sounds of the the footsteps on the floor and you know well the hands hitting the floor and you can afford to have things that get in the way of the dialogue because that that serves a, a point the point is yes. that something's going on but yeah too much going on uh, uh, and you also it's down to panning as well isn't it do you know what i mean if you can have sound yes. effects either you know on either side and and the stereo position is what we're talking about yeah yeah and you can you can have dialogue in the middle and things going on but if it's just chaos yeah it's too much too much absolutely agree absolutely you must agree. always assess what you know i always work on the basis of is something working without something else then don't add the other thing like you know every time i do music when i listen to a scene i i listen to it and i just think is this doing the job without the music i never put the music in there if is it, but what happens quite often as i'm listening to a scene in my mind's eye stroke ear i i hear the music start i think ah that's where it is it's just here that's where we need to hear something and that's what you have to judge and it's like the music and the sound effects are sort of like what punctuation is to text you know, it, it's absolutely it, it makes sense of it without it. It's just, you know, if you see a, um, several paragraphs of writing and there's no punctuation, you're kind of all at sea. You're thinking, oh, I can see all these words, but I don't quite know how I'm meant to feel about them, when I'm meant to stop, when I'm meant to pause. Whereas the sound effects and editing is the sort of equivalent of that. I'm not saying that the performances are just people going blah, 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 with no punctuation, well, but that's, to convey that's a my point, slightly faulty analogy. You know, it's like, it's like if, a, if a character's, you know, a handyman who does building, you could start the scene off with him hitting a, a hammer or using a drill and then stop to talk. He doesn't yeah. have he doesn't have to, to use a drill and hit a hammer all the way through the scene because that would just be <laughs> mental. But yes. but it's like but there would be some people out there who would just assume that he's just sitting there hammering and just talking at the same time, which yeah. is just what nobody does. No, but but exactly. but if you if, oh, you if think, they were, they'd be shouting. Yeah, they'd be shouting exactly. In which case, but again, that would, and then one would think that that would only be in the scene because it has to be in there. Like you would only write the, you would only as a director as well say, I think at this point he probably would be hammering, and so he's got to speak up at this point. So it's it's all about intention. I mean, as a writer, it? I write it all in. I'm always flabbergasted when I see the other writers. There's this sort of thing that's grown up about, you know, the film industry, like you don't put too much detail in about how it's meant to look. You're meant to leave that to the director to work out. But it's the opposite for Big Finish. I prefer there to be all the detail in there. I, I want the writer to have thought about exactly how he or she wants it to sound. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've said this before, but I was flattered by it. I don't know whether it was meant in a flattering way, but when I first... Uh, wrote a script for something that uh, Scott Hancock was going to direct I don't think he'd ever directed one of my scripts before he wrote back to me and he said my god you leave no stone unturned <laughs> and I was like oh what do you mean he said no I mean god I, I know exactly what it's meant to sound like because you've written every bit of it 
Whereas I'm always saying to writers, yeah, so what's meant to happen here? You, you've said something happens and I've, you've not really specified what it is and you're leaving us all to guess and I'd rather you told me so at least I could have an opinion on it, you know. Or a typical trick of writers is that they have an argument or there's a bit of a scuffle in the background. I said, yeah, that will involve people speaking and so I know true. actors can improvise, but I think you should at least give us a clue as to what they might be talking about if you don't want to write the scene. Well, it's, like, well, it's a scene absolutely. and I can't be bothered to write it. Well, absolutely. you know, otherwise it's just, you know, it can be so vague. It's like, you know, when people say exactly like background characters is an absolute, uh, is you've hit the nail on the head there because it can be so vague and, and it can sound rubbish unless you know you've just got those people saying yeah i think we should um you know like yeah i suppose that thing you know no, no. there has to be <laughs> that, thing real, what done. that thing what i've done but um there has, you know you have to you have to ground in real ground the world in realism i think and which is why you end up being in every play it's why yeah well, I, I love it though. I was, you know, I was doing one the other day of me just walking along with somebody else going, anyway, so we get the stuff, then we go around to her place and we do this, <laughs> we do that. And it, but it's like, but that's what you hear. You, if you're standing outside a bar, you're going to have a bloke and, a, you know, yeah. and his friends coming out and talking. I mean, you, know? you have a talent in that direction. Not all sound designers are uh, uh, talking rubbish in the background. <laughs> Talent, I was going to say uh, biting actors, um, but uh, performers—you are a performer. You perform music, and you know how. Yeah, you know how to get things across. I, I, um, I was speaking to Ken Bentley, one of our directors, yesterday actually, because I hadn't spoken to him for ages, um, and uh, because he's been off work because he's looking after his partner, um, and um, he said to me one of the main notes he gives you when you're doing sound design because we were of course waxing lyrical about you. He said uh, he said I sometimes have to say. Benji, I can hear you. <laughs> can you put put it down in the mix or bring up one of the other voices, please? Because I know it's you. That's <laughs> <laughs> where it's, it's the classic thing of you know. I, I just I just do it because I think it it peppers the world a little bit more oh, definitely. when there's other yeah. stuff going on. Because I think it's because as well I know all of the um, I know all of the the crowd sounds so well that I've got. I know them and I know that half of them. I've got some that are American, some are Norwegian, but I know them and I know what they're talking about. And so I feel like I have to override them with things that are actually relevant. I just thought of something actually mate, that I was told yesterday that during during one of the lockdown recordings just this week, they, have, they were doing the wild tracks at the end of the recording and it was all loads of death screams. Well, one of the actors' neighbours called the police. Oh my God. Because they thought someone was being murdered. Can you imagine someone's in their bedroom going, ah, you know? So the police came around. They and they said, oh no, no, no there's nothing going on. It's a play, and they wouldn't believe them. Of course, you know, they have to investigate. <laughs> so the police had to come in and come into the room where they were recording, see the microphone set up, and then they had to say, look, here's, here's the script you see here. Look, it says <laughs> death screams of you know, and they went. Oh, it's Doctor Who, they said. Oh, we love Doctor Who. It turned out they were a couple of Doctor Who fans. They said, oh, God, we, can we buy this? You know, so maybe we've got a couple of extra big Finnish listeners. It's incredible, isn't it? It sounds like a made-up story, that, but that actually happened this week. We'd like to give a shout-out to our new uh, our new fans, The Police. Uh, <laughs> Who the knew Met. Sting was into Big Finish? Anyway. <laughs> Ho ho, that's an old man's joke. Here's one from Mark Percival, not an old man's joke, an email. Hi, Nick and Benji. As a longtime fan of Doctor Who and Blake 7, I have two questions that I would like to ask you. I sense tough ones coming up. I'm a huge fan of all Doctors, although Unbound Doctors do leave me a bit meh. 
<laughs> Although David Warner is the exception. As a parallel world Doctor, he is one who I could bring into my version of Doctor Who canon, in inverted commas. So I would be completely uninterested if you were to bring in additional pre-Hartnell Doctors, and I think this would completely dilute the Big Finish Who-diverse. I believe that many of my age range, I am 48, that's him saying it, I of course am 58, are so completely dumbfounded at the discovery of the distant past of the Doctor discovered by the Master on his destroyed Gallifrey that I would not want this to be something that is supported in Big Finish's own canon, especially since the new series have disavowed the Big Finish canon of Mary Shelley. As I've said before, I, I really wish people wouldn't use words like disavowed. The thing <laughs> is that all things are possible. And, you know, uh, who knows what the Mary Shelley situation really is? And that uh, I think I think anything can be possible. And, you know, that thing that happened in The, the Timeless Child, uh, it, it's... You know, just imagine if there was a big active fandom in 1969 when the war games happened. There'd really be no hint that the Doctor was a Time Lord. There'd hardly been any hint that the Doctor was an alien. You know, I was talking to Stephen Very, yeah. Moffat and Tom Spilsbury about this. He said, if you look at the evidence in pre-war games Doctor Who, he said most Doctor Who stories before that assumed the Doctor was a human being. You know, I think in Evil of the Daleks, they say you've become something more than human. You know, the, the implication being he was human, but he's been affected by time travel. So, you know, Doctor Who does change. And I know it's difficult for some of us to sort of accept change when we've got very used to something. But um, anyway, that's my five penneth on it. I don't mean to upset anyone on either side of the debate. On a different subject, Blake Seven, I would like to express my deep sadness at the passing of Paul Darrow. And I really do not know what Blake Seven would be like without Blake. Avon and also the wonderful villainous Servalan. I was thinking if Big Finish was to release more Blake 7, would I be interested in it? The only thing I could come up with would be a spin-off series of the Villa and Sulin adventures. I understand that there is, was an issue getting Sulin as a character. Uh, what was that and are there any thoughts of more Blake 7? Then again, forgetting what I've just said previously, how about Michael Keating's being a pre-Hartnell doctor? LOL. Um, I don't know about the future of Blake 7 yet, but we will be making announcements in the uh, uh, medium term, I would say. Um, yes, uh, I tell you, yes, I don't really know about the Sulin. I think Sulin might have been created by Chris Boucher. Is that right? Or am I just going off on one there? I don't know. Uh, at the end of the day, I do trust that you and Jason will make the best decision on both going forward but i do hope that my opinion would count for something too no absolutely thank you mark for writing in kindest regards you say and you're from wellingborough bear that in mind folks um i don't know what that means <laughs> just messing around uh yes we all bear everyone's views in mind and uh, it's difficult i don't think there are any particular plans to do sort of uh, pre-hartnell doctors at the moment i we've not really talked about it we've got so much else on our plate we're not really worrying about that um i know jason is a huge fan of blake seven i think in many ways jason is more of a fan i mean he's a huge doctor who fan but he's more of a fan of blake seven than he is doctor who so um you know he always takes a keen interest in that and finally here's one from mark moores hi all hope everyone is well yes well i i i think i am i, yes, I don't know about yes, you i, I do I believe do. i am quite well um being furloughed at the moment i'm spending my evenings watching doctor who 
Well, that sounds yeah. like a pretty good deal, if you ask me. Um, yeah. Roger Delgado has just appeared as the master, and it got me thinking, are there any more hints that you can give us about next year's Masterful? Does Dudley... So that's quite hard to say. Does Dudley... Does Dudley Simpson's master <laughs> theme appear? Did Eric Roberts dress for the occasion? And what about uh, Jeffrey Beaver's master? Uh, what does he think of his future selves? Stay safe and keep up the good work. Mark sent from Axos. Excellent. <laughs> Mark Axos. Well. Axos calling Earth. Axos calling Earth. Earth calling Axos. Hello, Mark. Um, no more hints at the moment. How about that? That's mean, isn't it? But yes, masterful. 50th anniversary of the Master coming up next year. Very excited. Uh, recordings going on for it as we speak. Well, not as we speak, but yesterday. If I were speaking to you yesterday, they would be going on then as I spoke. That's it for the emails this week, but keep them coming in to podcast.bigfinish.com. Um, we've got some great ones coming in. Uh, thank you. And they're piling up nicely and we'll be featuring a lot more in future. Really lovely to hear from you. It's great stuff. Uh, more next time. Time now to go behind the scenes with Class Volume 3 out this week. Hello, my name is Scott Hancock. I am the producer of Class, and I am joined this afternoon by the lovely Amanda Shudeko playing Agen, Sophie Hopkins playing April, Fadi El Sayed playing Ram Singh, and Mackenzie Alexander playing Runtha. I am Jordan Renzo playing Matteo Shandoreski, uh, and I am Greg Austin playing Charlie Smith. How have you all found the day? Best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's been really good. It's been really nice to come in to like characters that are really like settled and people know and then to kind of like be able to bounce off people and work with them really well uh, mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's been a fun day yeah no it always is I feel like the last time we came here as well the people you bring in it's just always such a fun group of people mm. oh it's good to see you guys it really is nice to be back it's lovely to have you back we were saying it's been 18 months which feels bonkers that's insane the Sir's Ditch is the first one we've recorded since that original block. So yeah. you, you've actually heard what we do with it afterwards. Yeah. So that's sort of changed the way you think about it, coming in and going, oh my God, you're going to add... A little bit now, because I, tr I trust that. It's going to sound a lot better than what I think it does. It is weird when you're in these booths and it's so dead around you and going, yeah. oh no, there's going to be a whole world of sound and, you know, Blair's music and yeah, exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it just it sort of feels like just coming back to home, you know? It's friends and family and like I just feel so comfortable like walking in these doors and... And yeah, knowing how it like all comes out in post is quite lovely. Seeing all the magic you guys work to make us sound like we know what we're doing is quite nice. And sort of knowing you have the freedom, I guess, to push it further yeah. than you yeah, would on screen, I guess. Yeah, completely. I've, I feel like that's something I've learned since last time is using more of my vocal dynamics to sell the story, which is hopefully, uh, hopefully that reads. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you're going so big and because you can. You can really like... Just, just go for it. Whereas, when you're shooting it, it's like less is always more. Less is always more. You yeah. kind of do all that work, and then really sadly, you come on set and you just have to contain everything. So it's all <laughs> like very. And this is just the unleashing of it. I so going, we're going to be putting on a load of effects. A load of really effects, yeah. And, and that's and that's what's just that's just like a safety blanket, but in a nice way. So it's still mm. a conversation. It's not like, well, you just keep doing your thing, and you won't even know. And I'm going to put you tell us, and we kind of talk about it. And. Uh, 
for you, uh, Craig and Amanda, yeah, uh, coming into this world for the first time, how have you found it? Um, no, it's been good. Like I'm, I obviously watched like Doctor Who and like Torchwood um, and stuff. So it's even like really exciting to be a part of this. I met Peter world. Capaldi. <laughs> That's the thing. Think by FYI, right FYI, you. that is the yeah. second um, time Fanny's mentioned that. Second or third? Sorry, third, I'm just third, trying to hold back the tears because that was really emotional. And, um, yeah, I know I'm going to meet Peter Capaldi soon. Maybe you know uh, that would be nice. I've, um, I, yeah, I really liked it. It's, it's as as Fanny was saying, like meet, meeting all the really like nice people around is just such a good environment. And then also like when you're reading out, imagining the whole world that's around you and like your lovely sound effects um, that you're adding in. (laughs) Um, Like your wolf crowl was absolutely fantastic. So um, I think you should add that. Uh, as the actual sound well, effect. Yeah. <laughs> at one point, it was a meow. It was just a. We, I, ha- we, I have to keep you on your toes. Yeah, yeah. We had a meow. meow. We had we had like a, the sound of like a soft toy wolf. <laughs> like that's like PG version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you do with it. And if you go to bigfinish.com, type class. Oh, did yes. you hear that? That was a seagull and a half. Uh-huh. Type um, type class into the search pane at the top. Not you know, the sort of thing around oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the raffia base. And you'll find all the class releases. Lovely. We'll be drama-teasing you with Doctor Who, The Dalek Contract, soon. And it's a cracker featuring the late, great Mary Tam as Romana, of course. Yes. But before that, Doctor Who Short Trips Dead Woman Walking is out this week and it's performed by Sophie Ace Aldred. So here's the trailer. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who Short Trips Dead Woman Walking. The Doctor reassured her that it was a world of art and culture. That sounds all right for a bit of a breather, Ace had considered. Unfortunately, it is in the grip of a rather nasty civil war. In the crater, Ace was lying limply in the Doctor's arms. The back of her neck felt wet, and at first the Doctor assumed it was moisture from the exposed soil in the crater. The blast had ripped deep into the water table of the planet, and the hole was slowly filling with water. But as he took his hand away, he realised in horror that it wasn't water on the back of Ace's neck. But when she reached the door of the TARDIS, she looked behind her and was surprised to see that the Doctor hadn't attempted to move. He was looking at her, a deep sadness in his eyes. The Doctor told them that if Ace dies, then their planet will die. Big Finish. We love stories. And if you go to bigfinish.com and type dead woman walking into the search pane, I don't know whether you've ever heard of a search pane, I refer to the earlier bit of the podcast if you haven't, it's at the top. Uh, you'll find, sort of raffia based, no, uh, you'll find this lovely little gem. Uh, why not have a look around at all the short trips releases actually? There's loads to be had at a very competitive price. Mm. And some of the recent releases produced by our WizKid producer, Alfie Shaw, Alfie WizKid Shaw, have been particularly zingy and there's much more where that's come from I'll tell you yeah. right then it's time to give you a 25% discount on it can you hear the wood pigeon in the background here? Uh, anyway uh, 
a 25% discount on a randomly selected big finish release. Yes, it's time for the randomoid selectron. Ran has spoken, and it's an interesting one this week. It's actually part of our drama showcase. It is oh. not a well woman. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Uh, just Here's the trailer. Los Angeles. Not quite sure what street. Anyway, it doesn't matter. My eyes are drawn to this window by these incredible colours and shapes, so I had to get a little closer to investigate. Ow! Oh, hello. Red satin nipple peeping bras, feathered crotchless panties, interesting concept, jewelled pumps with vertiginous heels, cheeky little maid's outfits, this needed further scrutiny beyond the glass, so I found the door and endeavoured to locate a handle, whereupon I inadvertently pressed a buzzer. A voice asked me for my number. Oh, I said, I'm sorry, darling, I only have one number, and I can't remember what that is offhand. Buzzer? Number? Fascinating. I wonder who they're trying to keep out, or in, as the case may be. Hello. Welcome to Trashy Lingerie. I noticed you the second you walked in. I have a hunch that you don't exactly want what's in the window. I'm right, huh? You know, if more people would get past the window and through the door, they'd see what I'm about to show you. Oh, look at this. Beautiful. I knew you'd like it, but you want it in black, right? Mm-hmm. Honey. There's a lot more where this came from. It's just all mixed up with the obvious. You simply have to look. I have to look? What a complete waste of valuable time to live in this extraordinary world and not to look, to check it out, to plough through the obvious. Well, I'm very annoyed that there's no trailer for this on the site, but there you go. Maybe I'll put a clip on there before, before you ever look at it. Um, yes, now then. Uh, this is one of the strangest experiences of my entire life. I can hear in my mind's ear uh, Katie Manning, who you'll be pleased to hear, is feeling much better now, um, uh, laughing her head off because it was... It's, the first weird thing was that um, we had an idea for Katie to do something. I think it was an extended interview we wanted to do with her. So David Richardson and I, David Richardson, senior producer, went round to visit Katie at her place and we sat there and we were going to talk about doing the interviews. He said, well, darling, she said, I've got this thing and I've written this play that well, I've sort of done it before, but I've rewritten it. And she just had all this paper all over the floor and all <laughs> over the coffee table. And she said, let me just read a bit of it to you. And she performed almost the entire thing to us in between each scene, rushing around on the floor saying, oh, which bit's next? What page is that? That was 25. <laughs> uh, have you got 27? Oh, what about 26, Katie? What? 26 comes after 25. That's it. Oh, all right then. You know, and she performed it to us, and we just said, "Yeah, well, we'll record that then." So we went into the studio, and it's Katie with all the voices in her heads, just going crackers. And then Toby uh, Robinson did the most incredible sound design, which was extremely demanding. All sorts of different styles of music in it. So I thoroughly recommend it. You get twenty five percent off this. How'd you get it? Well, it's very easy. Very simple. It's is very it? fab. Yeah, it's, it's just go to bigfinish.com, nice and simple. Go to the podcasts page under podcasts. And then uh, when you're on there, you've got um, 
the latest podcast in this case it would be this one click read more and then you'll have the blurb on there and it will tell you to click here when you click there enter the code buck up that's b-u-c-k-u-p all in capital letters and uh and you'll be away you'll be away oh, with the fairies i say brilliant okay thank you ran well thanks ran always a pleasure never yeah. a chore uh, and now it is time, actually, for us to say goodbye in the style of Tom Baker. Yes, uh, tarpaulin. <laughs> Have you heard the tarpaulin story? No. He was uh, allegedly, he was doing, this is millions of years ago, of course, he was doing a commercial. And, it, you know, they were, it was for some garden centre. One of the things on sale was tarpaulin, you know? A tarpaulin. Yeah, tarpaulin. a tarpaulin. But he kept calling it tarpaulin. Tarpaulin. And they... It said Tom, it's tarpaulin, not so. And I know from personal bitter experience what it's like telling Tom Baker that he's pronounced something incorrectly. He just won't have it, you know. So he was shouting at them and raging at them, and then he eventually uh, said tarpaulin really loudly. <laughs> and so on the finished edit of the advert, it's, it's all these things listed, and in the middle of it, this huge shout, tarpaulin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to find that. That sounds yes, so good. Do, do. Yes. So goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> and while we're away, why not entertain yourself with the first 15 minutes of a classic Big Finish story? I say that immodestly because I wrote it. <laughs> Oops. Uh, Doctor Who, the Dalek contract. <laughs> something odd about it. That's in the radio telescope view. Timing couldn't have been worse. I know. What is that? There we are. Readings indicate we have materialized in space, Master. Yes, I'm well aware of that, K9. And right on target, too. Well done, old girl. You mean you bypassed the randomizer again? Don't you realize how ridiculously dangerous that is? All right, all right. There's no need to panic. There. I've switched it back on again. I don't suppose there's any point reminding you about the Black Guardian, is there? Black Guardian? The representative of all that is evil and chaotic in the universe. His power is balanced as equal and opposite to the power of the White Guardian. The Yes, thank you, both of you. I do know who the Black Guardian is. And you do actually remember how powerful he is, then, I suppose? I've always thought one should cultivate a healthy disrespect for powerful people. In other words, you enjoy taking appalling risks. <laughs> Only for very good reasons. 
Well, it doesn't look like any of their other ships. I'll tell you what it does look like, though. I know what you're thinking. An easy target? You got that right. Jidak, maybe we should leave this one. For one thing, we don't have anything fueled and ready to go. And perhaps we need to focus our efforts Oliver, on... Oliver, I know what you're saying, but... We don't know how much time we've got left here. It's a little short of a miracle. They haven't found us so far. We can't afford to give up a chance to hit back. So, people, let's get a missile fueled and on the pad. Launch stations, now! Come on, people, let's make this happen before they get away. Move it! K-9, what do you make of these readings? Connecting to TARDIS console, Master... Well? Readings indicate the presence of unknown particles in this sector of space. Unknown? Surely you have something in your databanks about this, K-9? Searching databanks, Master... And these particles, they're your very good reason for switching off the randomizer, are they? See that on the scanner? What is it? It's at maximum magnification, that's what it is. A minuscule section of local space, no more than a billionth of a micron across. Extremely tiny, but rather beautiful, isn't it? <sighs> I suppose so, but really... I've always thought it is like the sort of haze you get when sunlight shines through a dusty room. <laughs> Reminds me of my old days in the British Library reading Martin. Doctor, I'm waiting for your very good reason. Hmm? Oh, yes. Well, you see, this is the Proxima system. Proxima? Yes. I thought it was time we paid it a visit. Wait a minute. Isn't the Proxima system where the Larn were damaged by Cuthbert's mysterious experiment? Precisely. Remember? I gave the Larn an open invitation to contact us. And they haven't. Which either means they found their way home... Or they're still lost. That's very conscientious of you. Nothing to do with your curiosity getting the better of you, I suppose. Hmm? Nothing to do with wanting to find out exactly what Cuthbert's experiment was all about, then. Well, clearly Cuthbert was up to no good. And if his experiment was dangerous enough to damage the fabric of space-time... Then stopping him is important enough to risk switching off the randomizer. Well, considering he might accidentally rip the whole universe apart, I thought so, yes. Fueling complete. Chidak, we're down to the reserve tanks. What's the target doing now? Uh, target's still stationary, sir. Right, let's get this done. We've got other important work to get on with today. But I'll be damned if I'll let them sit there just mocking us. Launch when ready. Countdown commencing. So what exactly is this minuscule haze you're making me look at? Haze is exactly the right word. Come on, Romana. Didn't they teach you anything at the Academy? A haze associated with spatiotemporal energy leakage? Hmm? Haze. Hmm. Haze, haze, haze. Hmm. Analysis suggests Zuckerdam's haze, mistress. Of course. Zuckerdam's haze. Named after Professor Zuckerdam, head of astrophysics on Gastagon 5 during the Seventh Imperium. She was the first to discover this kind of energy, so they named it after her. Anything else you remember about it? It's deadly. Exactly. Deadly. Missile guidance capsule to control. Now approaching upper atmosphere. No interception detected. Guidance lock on missile is good. We concur with that. Course looking good. 
What's your fuel burn? Your tank is filled to minimum ration, pilot. Understood, sir. I'll make every drop count. Looks like the amount of particles in the haze is increasing. Affirmative, mistress. Mm, very slightly, very slightly indeed. But still increasing. Affirmative. Increasing to a level of 200 particles per one billionth of a cubic micron. Hmm, yes. So where do you think they've come from exactly? Well, there are several possible sources. Dimensional flux, warp engine exhaust discharge, distortions in time. Distortions like the Larn and their time phasing. That is a possibility, mistress. So it could be the Larn coming our way. Well, possible. Oh, dear. The proximity alarm? Yes, it seems we've attracted some unwelcome attention from the planet below. Look! It looks like a spaceship or a missile. It's both. There's one of each. Looks like the ship is guiding the missile. They're firing at us. Danger, Master TARDIS. External dimension sustaining damage. Don't worry, K-9. I modified the TARDIS's outer shell integrity protection after that missile nearly hit us in Atrios orbit. We're perfectly safe. Ah, then I probably shouldn't have cancelled that modification. You... Why did you cancel it? Because I abhor tampering. Tampering? We both know that I'm more qualified to work on antique TARDISes than you are. Antique? I'd have you know my TARDIS is far better than any standard Type 40. I've put in a lot of loving care and attention. She's she's virtually custom-built. Custom-built? I believe the relevant Terran phrase you're looking for is jerry-built. Don't listen to her, old girl. Don't listen. She doesn't know what she's saying. Oh, I'm saying that if you cancel my modification, then the chances are you fatally weakened the entire external shell integrity. If that missile hits us... There's only one thing for it, Romana. What's that? Hold on to something. Oh, Doctor, just hurry up and do something useful. Emergency dematerialization. Mr. Dalek, it's you. Sir, I... I was hoping it was going to be someone from the kitchens with the brown sauce for those wretched chips. How many times have I told them, no chips without brown sauce? Sometimes I think nobody's listening to me around here. I mean, I'm only the CEO of the entire conglomerate. Sir, I um, have to report... That everything's ready for the final phase of the experiment. I hope that's what you've come to tell me, Mr. Dalek. Please don't disappoint me. Uh, yes, everything is ready for the final phase, sir, but... Oh, good. Then I'll uh, let the chip issue go just this once. But have the kitchen staff warned that if this happens one more time... Uh, everything is ready, um, sir, but, uh, but... Oh, Mr. Dalek, you have that twitch again. I haven't seen it for quite a while. Come on, then spit it out. I have some, um... Concerns, sir. Do I pay you to have concerns, Mr. Dorick? Uh, yes, sir, I think you do. No. All right, uh, go on. There are your concerns. We're detecting, um, well, we're, we're not exactly sure what it is. Oh, but, it is fascinating so far. But we're detecting some, um, particles, uh, a build up of particles, uh, unknown, um, 
particles. Uh, a minute amount, but the amount is increasing slowly, um, building up around this this space platform. Have these unknown particles done any damage of any kind? Uh, well, no. So, we're talking about a minute amount of something tiny and harmless, am I right? Uh, uh, yes, but... I like you, Mr. Doric. You do know that, don't you? Otherwise, I wouldn't have kept you with me all these years. We've been through a lot together, haven't we? Uh, well, um... We, we have indeed, sir, yes, sir, but... Uh, and one I, of the I, reasons I like you is because you worry about all the little things, all the unimportant things that someone as rich and famous and successful as me doesn't want to have to worry about. So I tell you what, Mr. Doric, you keep on worrying and I'll get on with the final phase. Uh, but, sir, I, I strongly recommend... Let's start powering up, shall we? Oh, and there's one other little thing I'd like you to make sure of, Mr. Doric. Uh, yes, sir. Just you make sure that there are no more attacks from those annoying little people down on Proxima Major. Understood? second or so. What's the matter with you? Have you got a death wish? Certainly not, which is why I've landed us on Proxima Major. Where the missile came from? Yes, because there are dangerous interdimensional particles about, and I think that means Cuthbert is here, and whatever he's doing could... Rip the whole universe apart, I know. You think Cuthbert fired the missile at us? Perhaps. Look, if we make our way to that outcrop just over there, we should be able to get some shelter. And what about the lawn? Do you think they might be here too? Anything's possible. Come on! Look, there they are, sir. You see them? Focus a bit. Who the hell are they? No idea. They just seem to arrive out of nowhere. Well, if they don't get the hell out of there right now, damn, they'll ruin everything. You're right. Not quite as bad here. Positively tropical by comparison. I wouldn't put it quite that positively. By the way, what did you mean when you said it being cold here was odd? Well, I looked up what the TARDIS had to say about Proxima Major. And? And it said it was largely temperate. Tropical, equatorial conditions, north and south hemispheres, enjoying long, hot summers and mild winters. They probably had a very good cricket season. Are you sure you got the right planet? Of, of course I'm sure. All right, so what's gone wrong? Something to do with that Zygodum's haze, or maybe the Larn or Cuthbert? I think this planet's orbit has somehow been shifted. Ah, now that's very interesting. What's very interesting? There's a man standing behind you about 20 feet away holding some sort of gun. Oh, come on, we 
make a run for it. I shouldn't think so for a moment. Oh, look, there's another one. Let's just wave. Hello! <laughs> Come on, Ramona, wave. Are you sure that's a good idea? Well, it's the only one I've got just now. Hello! Hello! We're very friendly. Oh, yes, very friendly indeed. They're coming over. Keep waving. Keep your hands still. I'm sorry, stop waving. Sorry. Who the hell are you? What are you doing out here? Uh, well, I'm the doctor. And I'm Romana. She is. And as to why we're here, well, um, we're worried that your planet might have shifted its orbit. So we haven't got time for this. All right, get moving. Quickly. Wait a minute. We, we just want and to... Shut up. Move. Better do as they say, Romana. Positive temperaments. Shut up. Are we going to kill them? I don't see what choice we have. Better get them away from here first, though. The bodies could arouse suspicion. Right. This'll do. What? Now, just wait a moment. What are you going to do? You're not just going to shoot us, are you? Kneel down. Face the other way. You can't just kill us. You don't know anything about us. Doctor! Gentlemen, please. We came to this planet to find Came to this planet? That settles it. They're probably from the space platform. No, we're not from any space platform. Or working for the Daleks. Daleks? The Daleks? I've heard of them. What do you mean? You didn't know they were here? No. And we'd never work for the Daleks. We're nothing to do with them. My friend's right, gentlemen. In fact, it'd be true to say I've spent more time than I care to remember defeating the Daleks. Defeating? You've defeated the Daleks. From what I've been told, the Doctor's something of a thorn in their side, as it were. Well, modesty forbids. Doctor? Uh, yes, I've defeated them many, many times. In fact, uh, they really don't like me very much. Jack, sir, the Daleks will be here any second now. The Daleks are on their way here? Now? Gentlemen, you're not thinking of attacking them, are you? All units now in position. Enemy patrol sighted. Charges set. You are thinking of attacking them, aren't you? But that's madness. You won't stand a chance. Get down, both of you. This is Chidak to all units. Detonate charges on my command. Okay, so you know something about fighting Daleks. Chidak, tell me your plan, and I'll tell you whether or not you'll still be alive tomorrow. Spotted them. How close? Bearing 0094, six of them. You'd better have a very good plan, Chidak. They've reached the ravine! Uh, has it occurred to you that the Daleks may be monitoring your radio signals? Detonate! Now, do it! Ah! You've created an avalanche! How ingenious! Well, I'd like to see them come out from under that in a hurry. Could it have worked, Doctor? Doctor? Well, I have known the Daleks to be vulnerable to low temperatures, but... So they've done it! You've done it! Congratulations! Thanks, but I'm still not certain about you two. But I can't imagine the Daleks came to a planet covered in snow without adapting themselves for sub-zero conditions. Oh, no! Look, the snow's melting! This is Chidak to all units. The Daleks are melting their way out. Repeat, the Daleks are melting their way out. All units take firing positions and open fire as soon as you have a target. Chidak, that's not going to work. How many of you are there? At least 20, all positioned... Chidak, listen to me, listen! That's not going to be enough. There they are! Fire! Everybody all right? Romana? Oh, yes. 
just about. Doctor, we've got to get out of here. She's right, Chidak. It's your only hope. We can't just run. We've got to stop the Daleks from finding our base. We've got to stop running away. Don't you realize? They're pinpointing your positions by tuning into your radio frequencies. What? But... Wait a minute. That gives me an idea. Doctor, please. We don't have time for one of your ideas. We've just got to get out of here. Tell all your people to switch on their radios maximum signal. Leave them behind, then retreat as fast as you can. What? But you just said... Oh, now actually, that's a very clever idea. And give me your radio, Chirac. I don't like the sound of this. You prefer the sound of that? Come on, do as I say. It's our only hope. But... All right! All right! All units, switch radios to maximum signal output, then leave them behind and retreat. Now! Here, Doctor. Thank you. Ramana, you go with them. This is going to be a risky business. Oh, no. Now, wait a minute. I'm Romana, not... Ramana, no sense in both of us getting killed. Oh, Doctor, no. Come on, move! Good luck, uh, Doctor. But doctor... Don't worry. I've got my sonic screwdriver. Oh. Just elevate the signal above the hypersonic level. You've been listening to a big finish production. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah.